everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Happy Hour, the definitive Seventh Heaven walkthrough. I'm your host, Morgan, along with my neighbor and good friend, Greg. How's it going? <laughs> it's going okay, um, considering we're in a global pandemic and are now spending our hours analyzing Seventh Heaven episode by episode. The format for this show is going to be uh, one show every two weeks, for the time being, posted on Sunday morning, of course, because this is a show about a minister who <laughs> preaches sermons on Sunday morning. Not um, subtle. <laughs> and uh, to start with, we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what is Seventh Heaven, why we decided this is really what the people need to hear, <laughs> some analysis of Seventh Heaven, um, the basic format of our show and our, our motivations for doing it. Um, so I would say we were both interested in talking about Seventh Heaven after hate-watching about 19 episodes together, making fun of it the entire time. I tried to watch it by myself once and it really didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, it's not the kind of thing you want to do alone. <laughs> um, it could really spiral and lead to some depression, especially in our current times. But it is an interesting show uh, because it started in, in 1996 and it is kind of on a strange cultural divide where it's somewhat conservative but also trying to be hip at the same time yeah the first couple scenes of the episode well the first scene is just them having sex and then there's a layer like layer just like they're opening some wine and basically doing like softcore porn real quick <laughs> like i think they want it to be clear that like He's cool, he's cool, this is some weird, you can get him, yeah. he's not some weird religious conservative, like, this guy gets it. And I mean, this show did air on, on the WB, which, um, you know, later became famous for, for Buffy and this sort of a serialized format. On Buffy, of course, it was like the monster of the week and then the big bad. On this show, it's sort of the, the six social issues of the week. I think Eric's the monster of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, I mean, most weeks. Um, but it's, it was sort of a rundown of like, how many social issues can we go through in one episode? And they're really crammed in there. And I think this first episode um, does illustrate that pretty well. Um, but we won't get too much into the plot yet. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the cocktail we're enjoying today, since this is the Happy Hour podcast. Um, Happy is, of course, the family dog in Seventh Heaven. Played by Happy, the Play dog. Yes, the credits say Happy as Happy, in quotes. Um, so every episode we're going to be enjoying a, a new beverage. I've been known to, to make a drink or two. And today we were having a, um, a daiquiri with some, some elderflower liqueur in it, some St. Germain. And um, I don't have a name for this one. <laughs> There's some mint, too, Come some on, fresh man. mint, because it's really hot outside here in um, our nation's capital. It's like 90 degrees every day. Um, but we'll post the, uh, the recipe in the show notes. With a name. With a name. I mean, a Parisian daiquiri, uh, a Saint-Germain daiquiri, with something like that. Um, so you can make it at home and perhaps sip mm. on it while you're watching Seventh Heaven. Martinique. It's like French, but it's like tiki, like Caribbean sort of thing. We'll work on it. We'll, we'll workshop it and get back to you. But check out the show notes if you want to make the, the cocktail at home. Um, a little bit more about the show. I wanted to talk uh, again about that sort of cultural divide moment that it was in when, you know, America's becoming increasingly more progressive. There's not a lot of shows like this on the air. I mean, there was like Family Matters. Um, it's taking some tips from the Cosby show, except decidedly less funny than the Cosby show. Um, but also even more funny. In some way. I mean, and that's what I wanted to talk about. So in, in our show description, I said that this was perhaps the campiest show to um, ever be aired. And there's been a lot of debate about what the term camp means. 
um, especially after the Met Gala a few years ago when everyone was arguing about what camp is. And I'd say this is a campy show um, because of Susan Sontag's famous essay, Notes on Camp. Um, where she, where she talks about this extensively. And I think this really highlights uh, the campy aspect of Seventh Heaven. She says, Camp, uh, colon, the sensibility of failed seriousness of the theatricalization of experience. Camp refuses both the harmonies of traditional seriousness and the risks of fully identifying with extreme states of feeling. And I think this show does that because essentially this show tries, whenever it tries to be funny, it's not funny. Um, but whenever it tries to be serious, it is funny. Yeah. And it's just completely unaware of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, who is this for? Who is the audience that gets this? This hits every note yeah. for? <laughs> but that's the interesting thing, though, because it was so absurdly successful. I mean, for a while, there's the most watched show on the WB, which was, you know... A, a network meant yeah. for younger people. Yeah. <laughs> Dawson's Creek on WB? Yeah, I think that was a little later, but there's Dawson's Creek, um, you know, of course, Buffy, um, all of those sort of kind of uh, sci-fi, there's a lot of weird ones after Buffy that were sort of derivative of Buffy. Um, but this is, you know, in theory, a network for younger people, and this show seems to be for, it seems like middle-aged moms, or like... Did you look up when it aired, like what time? It started in 1996. No, I mean like the time of the day. Oh, no. Like, was it for the parents to watch before the I think it was prime time. I'm gonna go to bed now, you have fun watching Buffy or something. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was prime time, I could be wrong. Um, But, um... Before we get really into it, we do want to address the um, Stephen Collins controversy you've probably heard of. Stephen Collins, of course, the actor that plays the dad, the minister in the show. Eric Camden. Um, Eric Camden um, did, in, I think, 2015, 2014, somewhere around there, um, admit to exposing himself to young girls. Um, in one instance, he admitted to molesting a young girl. Um, we just want to say, like, he fucking sucks. Um, this isn't something we're really going to joke about or address on the show. Of course, it is true that the dad is also often creepy on the show. Um, but, you know, there's no relation between the actor and the character. It's just too easy, honestly. And like, I, yeah. A bunch of jokes about pedophilia. Is like, it's an like, easy crack. Yeah. Um, the, the guy, the, the character of Eric Camden, you know, is terrible without any extra real-life facts brought into it <laughs> to, yeah. to make fun of them. So, uh, you know, we're aware of that, we're sensitive to that, but we're really not going to talk about it on this podcast, and I don't think he had any criminal charges brought against him, which is the weird part. Um, so it's pretty controversial, but uh, obviously his career was just completely ended. Um, he was actually pretty successful after Seventh Heaven. He was on Scandal, I believe. Which, oh. Yeah, so he was one of the mo- more successful actors, um, and did kind of purport to have some of the values of Eric Camden, so... It's kind of why this whole thing is you know, really frustrating for people. How do I not get typecast as Eric, Eric Camden? Like, <laughs> I, can't, I could never see him as anything else. Yeah, I, I think most people quintessentially you know, think of this character. I also wanted to talk about when, when was our first time that we watched Seventh Heaven. I, I think both of us watched it as kids. For the most I, part. I honestly don't remember it too much, but I do, like, I don't, it definitely wasn't something I sat down and watched. Like, when I told my sister we were doing this, she was kind of confused. She was like, why? You never really watched it. I'm like, you're right. Like, I knew it existed. <laughs> I think I, like, saw it sometimes, but it's never a show I really watched. So I, I first started watching it when we were just hate watching Because I, yeah. I knew what it is. So I was like, hey, I want to watch this crazy thing. I don't remember whose idea it was, but that, I don't have too much previous yeah, I mean, same. I definitely only watched, I think, you know, the first couple of seasons, and not when it was airing live, and not consecutively by any means. 
Um, there was a period of time somewhere in the late 90s, early 2000s, where it was always on in the middle of the day in just, yes. like, four-hour blocks. I remember, <laughs> well, one time I do remember is we were, uh, I was at Seaside, and, like, we were in the house, whatever, I guess it wasn't a great beach day, whatever, but I remember an afternoon where 7th Heaven was just on the TV. I don't know why. Yeah, it seemed to be always on when you were home from school, and just, like, long blocks in a row. Yeah. And it is weirdly entertaining, just because, like we were saying, so many things happen in every episode, yet so little happens at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's get into uh, this first episode. When you do the, when you write the, try to write down the play-by-play, at least I, when I was doing like half of it, I constantly was racking myself with like, is this even worth writing down? Like, does this seem matter at all? (laughs) It's it's funny because in every show there are so many different plots, but so little happening at the same time. Like they try to fill like instead of having content, just have like sheer number of stories, but the stories are mostly empty. Um, but this first episode is uh, the pilot. It's called Anything You Want, which is named after uh, the song they play after the credits when they're cooking. Um, and we open on a scene of uh, Annie Camden, who is the pastor's Eric Camden's wife, um, and Eric in bed on a Saturday morning, um, right away just trying to have sex. That's yeah. the first scene that we see in this family drama yeah. that's supposed to be extremely wholesome. Cool. Like, <laughs> he gets it. Like, my pastor has sex too, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, so right as they're, you know, they're starting to fool around a little bit, their youngest daughter, um, Ruthie Camden, who is uh, four in the beginning of the show, walks in and is like, Hey, where's breakfast? I'm hungry, etc. And this sort of begins a procession of ev- them introducing every character within five minutes just to get it out of the way, all the kids. Um, so they are kind of walk in in ascending order of age. Um, next, we have Simon uh, Camden, he's who's the worst. A, really a terrible character. I mean, he's like, he's like basically. Um, the Wesley Crusher of from Star Trek of this show. The, the annoying uh, sort of like comedic relief but not funny character of the show. One of the, uh, I think one of the grandparents was in Next Generation when I was looking up people. One of them, yeah. I have written down somewhere, one of them was in, oh, it was the grandpa. Yeah, it's one of those shows where we're going to see a lot of guest stars <laughs> that are just in every uh, television show. Um, and then next we have uh, Lucy Camden Walken. She's 12 at the beginning of the show. Um, similarly, like, what's going on in here? Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, and then Mary Camden walks in. She's the 14-year-old daughter. She's like, I wondered where everyone was. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, nicely, like, hey, mom, can I help you with breakfast? <laughs> she's nice. <laughs> and, and then finally, the oldest son, uh, Matt Camden, who's 16, walks in, and he's like, hey, everyone, mom and dad, get to sleep in on Saturday, wink, wink. And then all the kids are like, oh, right. Like, they know what he's talking about, and then they all leave. So, like, I wonder now, that made me wonder, like, what is every other day like? Do they just fucking come in, berate her, and make breakfast? Like, yeah. like what is any the fact? And like the picture, they're not even mad because kids are being so fucking rude to them. <laughs> they're just like, it's Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Annie seems to be very food centric, and also Ruthie seems to be very food centric. She's also always looking for a bite to eat, <laughs> so it makes sense with her. You know, all the all the other kids kind of have their one character trait at the beginning. Um, I think Ruthie's is being hungry for the most part. Um, <laughs> Simon's being annoying, yeah. um, and then Lucy's, it's of like course, bipolar. a sensitive she's one. Like yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's like very emotional. She's going through puberty. Um, Mary's like the chill kind of jock. She's a basketball player, and then Matt's supposed to be the bad boy in the beginning. But we'll we'll really see that Matt's probably the most respo- responsible yeah. and sensible person in the family. <laughs> and it, 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 uh, you later find that. I at least think that he he only did things that seemed like he was a bad boy because his parents have kind of just decided that's who he is. Like, they really pigeonhole him. There's an episode yeah. later where something's going to happen with that. But, like, 
So, it's kind of weird how they set up the show and the way they set up is kind of, it's kind of just wrong in that, like, here are the characters, but not actually. I don't know. Like... Yeah, and they make a big deal about his hairstyle, yeah. showing that he's, like, a bad boy, or, you know, whatever. Um, so that whole sequence happens, and then we go right into the credits where uh, a terrible song plays. Where can you go? <laughs> about the importance of family, and we see... Um, I hope they'll treat you right. I mean, it's a classic 90s family drama opener, um, yeah. a la Family Matters, that sort of thing. We see each character. Oh, yeah. um, and, 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 Full and, house. Yeah, and they're doing their quintessential thing, like, you know, Mary has a basketball... Yeah. Um, just his hair flip. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the first episode, I don't think they show Happy yet because Happy, of That's course, is there. a plot point in yeah. the first episode. So we're not. That would be a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> we knew Happy the dog was going to arrive. Um, and then, uh, right, it's kind of confusing the way they cut it because it goes right from that scene where we talked about breakfast for five minutes to straight to them preparing dinner, and we see Eric yeah. opening a bottle of wine. Um, I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she's like, wait, are they just drinking wine at breakfast? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think so, but who knows? And it's really pretty confusing. It makes me think that they, like, cut out some scenes um, before that or something, like why they would go straight to that. So you're telling me there was content that even the Brenda Hampton <laughs> thought was not worth it? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it. It's a very abrupt to, like, straight into another meal. The idea that they think anything they produce is not inherently interesting <laughs> is baffling because yeah. they put a lot of other drag on, <laughs> on this show so they're kind of like bopping around the kitchen it's uh, like softcore porn like yeah. they're, they're, they're living the domestic dream they're staring at each other longingly and then they remember that they have kids yeah the kids are all in the dining room <laughs> waiting for the food to be finished yeah. right being brought in and they're kind of like you know making eyes at each other and drinking wine alone uh, but eventually they make it to the dining room. I'd also like to point out, and this is something you see in this first episode and really throughout the show, no one knows how to chop something. <laughs> it's like she's going to hack her so hand like off there. commercials where it's just like, your knife doesn't work. Yeah, it's basically like a black and white, um, <laughs> black and white shaky camera situation with all of them. Like, later in this episode, Adam, uh, Eric gets mad and just, like, starts viciously chopping something, too. It's not, that's not safe, guys. Don't try to do that. So... It's kind of funny, like, the way that they introduced all the characters before the credits, then in this scene directly after the credits, they introduce every single plot that will happen in the show, sequentially going around yeah, the, the dinner table. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so we find out that Simon really, really wants a dog and also has terrible theology and believes that if he keeps asking for something, uh, God will intervene and give it to him. Yeah, like, there's a, a layer point where he suggests that he thinks God is capable of mind control. Like, he thinks... Annie did something because God wanted, like, yeah. it, it wasn't Annie being nice, it was God making her, and they kind of, like, every time this happens, they kind of look at each other, like, how do we handle this? Yeah, but the father, <laughs> of course, doesn't explain anything about religion, because that would be too much for this middle-of-the-line kind of uh, tightrope the show's trying to walk with its cultural relevance. Yeah. he's just like, <laughs> good luck with that plan. Oh, he's, he always <laughs> just keeps feeling like, I'll assure you there's a God, but he's yeah. not giving you a dog. Um, yeah, okay. good luck with that strike. <laughs> Um, we find out about Mary's um, interest in this episode, which is just uh, dating older men. And she's really mad that Matt gets to date older women, but she isn't allowed to date older men. So, you say she's interested in older men. What, what actually, something that come up later is Lucy says she has a crush on Prince Charles, and I looked it up. At the oh time, he's still 48. Oh my god, I noticed the same thing. Um, okay. <laughs> it's kind of hot for a 48-year-old, let's, but... let's just skip ahead a little bit, just for a moment, since Greg brought it up. Um, I really believe that this was a mistake in the script, and she really meant Prince William's. 
Um, Prince William. Yeah, that would make way more sense. Um, but yeah, in 1996, <laughs> I mean, was 48. and he was currently divorcing Princess Diana. I don't think well, that's no, but, who they meant. Well, but to... here's the thing: she does go like he'll be available eventually, or something like that. Or like oh. I think that is what they meant because I, I don't know very much about the royal family, so that part was kind of lost on me. But I thought he was he was with Dean. He was married to Princess Diana. It was just like. That's a little weird. I could be wrong, but I think it's the same year they divorced. I, I think it was a mistake. Um, Prince Charles is not attractive, younger or older, but he's so much older than no, her when she says that. He has a, he <laughs> a, has a rugged look. I, uh, um, I, I looked at the pictures of him for you. You like those ears? Yeah, and he has a very, um, like, sloped outward face. <laughs> I don't know, like his jawline. <laughs> Alright, uh, Greg's hot for uh, <laughs> Prince Charles to make a note. Okay, uh, next plot, um, basically Matt saying that he, like, there's some kind of bet between Eric and Matt about, like, if Eric beats him at pool, he has to go to church. No, well, no, first he has to talk to, he has to talk to him. Yeah. Eric tries to emotionally hold people hostage like that, where, like, if you play pool with me, you can, uh, if you win, you can just go on your date. Otherwise, you've talked to me. He's like, I never beat you. He's like, yeah, that's the plan. Like... Yeah. And this is where we learn that Eric's main hobby is shooting pool, which comes up over and over and over but again. But then stops eventually. It kind of yeah. just disappears. But the pool, the, the scene of the pool hall, even though the setting does change after the first episode, comes back a million times. It's like the only restaurant or bar they ever go to yeah, is the pool but hall. I'm just saying, at some point, I think he just kind of stops playing pool and no longer uses it as like, a rhetorical yeah. device. <laughs> You'll see later. It's how he like tends to like run into convicts and criminals yeah. shooting pool or like trying to relate to normal people shooting pool, etc. Um, and then the final one, uh, I think, is Lucy, who's just uh, obsessed with getting her period and brings it up a billion times in this episode. So, the weird thing is, I thought she was already on her period, and, that he, and that's why she was being so ridiculous, but apparently she's mad that she hasn't had it yeah. yet. Which, I mean, as a woman, I don't recall. I mean, maybe I wasn't friends with people like this, but I don't remember anyone being like, I can't wait to get my period. I could be wrong. I asked my girlfriend. She was also like, no. I was like, maybe, like, girls are, like, obsessed with, like, developing breasts, but I do not remember anyone being like, finally, I, I can't wait to get my period. I could, maybe it's just my perspective, but it's a little weird. I have no perspective. I, <laughs> I thought, I thought I was able to see coming what was happening, but then when I find out she didn't have her period yet, I was like, oh, okay, this, yeah. th then she is just bipolar then. <laughs> just being a crazy person with no hormones. She's, yeah, she's, she's out of it. And this is also the first time she just storms out of the scene, which happens repeatedly in this episode. So much. <laughs> it's, it's to the point that it's really comical. I remember when we were watching this the first time, we were like, there she goes again. It's like, happens three or four times, and we'll note that as we go through. But just like, running out of the scene, and everyone just acts like it's normal. I, I, I kind of like one of those, last time she doesn't even say anything she does it, she just gets up and leaves. Yeah, there's like, yeah, she just gets up upset and leaves and this just keeps happening um and I mean, everyone always look everyone who's still in the scene looks at each other like that was weird right but <laughs> also not because it's lucy yeah and um so we move out to the next scene which is they're cleaning up after dinner um eric and annie and they're um annie's there fixing the garbage disposal um eric thinks this is really sexy of course because really sexy too. <laughs> <laughs> he's like wow where'd you learn to do that like which kid were you pregnant when yeah. you learned how to fix garbage disposals she's particularly bored when she's pregnant for yeah. some reason and she t she took up a bullet becoming an electrician <laughs> plumbing cooking was apparently one of these projects i don't know what she was doing before then because they apparently like demand her to cook all the time so she better have taken that yeah. up during matt otherwise i don't know how she survived <laughs> she does cook a lot in this episode as well um, so anyways, they're kind of, Simon walks in while they're, like, basically making out under the garbage disposal, and is like, you know what's... There's a lot of space down there. <laughs> He's like, you know what's, like, more work than a dog? A baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's what I was, 
I was just wrote down. I was like, Simon's really fucking manipulating. <laughs> like, he does shit like this all the time. I guess I give him some credit for like, he's not stupid, mm. but he's like a little prick. <laughs> yeah, he's not good. Um, and then there's kind of a little uh, negotiation between Annie and Eric, where they're like, who wants to talk to Lucy about her period since she stormed out of the room, and who wants to talk to Simon about this dog again, and. Um, for some reason, Eric decides he wants to talk no, about the period. it was because Simon asked if he could talk to Mom about the dog because he's manipulated. Oh, right. That she's yeah. a fucking easy mark. Yeah, and Eric's like, all right, I guess I'll deal with the period yeah. thing. Even though that was like, the and you should have said no, because it, it, even just from the uh, Eric perspective, that's a weird matchup to give, especially since, like... He doesn't handle it well, either. No, and this isn't his first daughter, so you think that she would know that he's going to be weird about this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they make a point to say that, like, Mary wasn't like this at all, and she was chill as hell yeah, <laughs> compared to Lucy. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish uh, Lucy would just tell me to go to the drugstore and pick something up for her. That's way easier than this. Um, so, basically, Lucy's in the bathroom for some reason, like, just, like, staring at herself, trying to see if she had her period yet or something. That's what they're well, implying. Was, I thought it was when she was upside, she was upside down because Mary told her that that would make her a woman she was upside down and then she ran out of the scene again into the bathroom and then okay. eric is on the other side of the bathroom door yeah um and he says like i was once a young guy which doesn't really make any sense <laughs> but the thing that he says that really doesn't make sense is he says remember like when i bought you anatomically correct dolls by mistake what yeah, does that mean that was very weird too i guess like your obsession with having breasts is my fault like i don't even know <laughs> it's I honestly didn't even know what the writers were trying to say with that line. Um, if you have an idea, write in at <laughs> happyhour7th at gmail.com. Are you the writer? Do you really <laughs> want to have your day in court? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we, uh, we cut outside, and this is still after dinner. All the shenanigans are happening the same day. Um, Mary and Matt are outside. Um, Matt's supposedly helping her with her basketball game. Which I found weird because there's no hint ever that in this episode or in future episodes a Matt knows how to fucking play basketball at all. Like, it's not yeah. this thing at all. But she's like, help, help me with my jump shot or my foul shot. Like, why would... You're better than him. What they obviously just needed a reason to get them alone together yeah. after dinner and that was the quickest. Um, well, she, has a, she has Jeff later do it too. That's apparently just her thing. Just like the way she gets people to spend time with her. Is yeah. Like, help me play basketball. Yeah, just hanging out with guys. Uh, and, then, and then we have a weird scene where Mary's going on about how she hasn't kissed a guy yet and... Um, doesn't really know how to do it and stuff like that, and she basically, like, asks, like, Matt to, like, help demonstrate kissing a guy, and it looks like they're going to kiss, and then the dad is, like, throwing the garbage out and is like, what's happening here? He doesn't even seem that weird out. He doesn't say anything. No one talks to them about this. I think he just assumes what's happening, and then... Possibly they shouldn't be doing that, probably. And they were like, it's not what it looks like, and he's like, well, that's a relief. (laughs) And then he just walks away, and she marries us, like, sorry to Matt. (laughs) I thought that whole conversation was weird, because the way that she, like, describes her... Her, like troubles growing up being tall it's as if like he she's never said this to him like she's ex- telling this story that if they were like as close as they're supposed to be wouldn't this not be the first time she's told him about this like yeah like, uh i was growing and the boys weren't like she gives like a whole like exposition on it when it's just like it sounds like they're just catching up like they're he's not her brother he's just like, some friend that she hasn't seen in a while or whatever yeah. it was strange and also i that See, maybe want to start tossing balls around when I talk to people. Can we start doing yeah, that? Yeah, they were really unnaturally <laughs> just passing a ball back and forth to just like show that like basketball was happening. I don't know. But not even, yeah, like it's just like. It was like beats in the I scene. I guess I don't know what to do with my hands either, so they're just 
I like it. I want being to do aggressive. It. If uh, these microphones were in the way I, and our drinks here, I would insist <laughs> that we do this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're really making me less nervous. Um, and then we find out about the e plot of the show, which is that the grandparents will be visiting um, later, which are Annie's parents. But then little is said about that until the end. Um, so as you can see, we already have uh, you know five plots going at once, even though nothing is really happening. And then uh, Eric basically sets him up himself up for disaster with Simon and the dog situation. Um, they're talking in the dining room, and um, Eric is basically like Simon is being manipulative again. And yeah. He's like, "What if a dog just happened to wander in, and I and then could I have them if like he needed a home?" And Eric's like, "I guess if a dog wandered in, yeah, you could have he's him." Like, don't cheat! Don't. And he's like giving him ideas, like don't trick a dog into walking <laughs> into the yard. <laughs> so like the whole rest of the episode, basically, Simon is in the attic waiting for a dog to walk yeah. in the yard with his binoculars. <laughs> Something that jumped out to me in that scene was Simon. I always took the word swear to mean curse, and he is promising something to Eric, and he says, I swear. He doesn't even swear on anything. He just says, I swear. And Eric's like, don't swear. And Simon's looking yeah. at him like, sorry. Like, is that what's... Are there... Is that a Christian mm-hmm. thing? Like, you, you can't promise things? Like, what does that mean? I know. <laughs> I, I think that the writers didn't have a real grasp of, like, these cultural Christian things. And they just, like, know that it's vaguely Christian. And they're just like, <laughs> okay, we're going with that. I mean, there's the other scene where um, Annie is in the closet with Lucy and is explaining, like, there's a season for everything. And she doesn't know, like, that famous quote, which is one of the most famous quotes in the Bible. And she's the pastor's wife. Like, you would think she would know. Oh, yeah, she fucked it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, it, it just seems like they don't. They're, they're obviously playing <laughs> Christians and aren't actually Christians. So, moving on. Um, oh, I wanted to note in that Simon and Eric scene in the dining room, there's a giant carrot-shaped pillow in the background. And I'm just wondering... <laughs> Did we notice that the first time we watched it? It makes me think maybe is it like springtime? Is this like Easter decor? Or I don't know. Maybe it's like a harvest seat. Because you know, like harvest fall, it's also things people like to use decor for. Yes, and... it's ugly as hell. So next, um, we cut to a shot in the church. So it's Sunday morning now, and um, you know Eric is doing his sermon and stuff. There's some terrible white people Protestant singing that opens that scene of a. Their like, church ends up or something. being pretty diverse in later episodes, but it didn't really take in this one. Yeah, I think they got some notes on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, and this is, like, I think the third time Lucy storms out of the scene because Eric starts reading the same passage that the mom was trying to quote earlier and couldn't remember from Ecclesiastes um, for everything there's a season, etc., etc. Well, I think it's funny is, like, she's bad at quoting it, and yet somehow Lucy remembers exactly what this is and and for some reason thinks that it's less embarrassing to storm out where everyone's watching yeah. you instead as if anyone else knows what he's talking about. You would just, wouldn't you just sit there? I know. And just stew? Like, wouldn't that be the way to do this? And yeah, like, later Annie's like, you should have known she thought you were going to talk about her period in front of the whole church or something. <laughs> She's like, why? Um, there's another scene after church with, um, it's, it's still Sunday, Lucy and Mary are oh, in their you room. You skipped a big part, I think, that happens before church, of Eric and Matt talking their cigarette talk, because that does end up affecting the church, because that's another side plot. That we haven't uh, yeah, covered. I thought it wasn't very important. I, I, I actually have a decent amount of notes here for oh, that. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll walk us through that one. Right. Yeah, they're, they're, Eric and Matt are having a cigarette talk, and uh, they're at the pool hall. I think it was after they after he lost his uh, pre-date pool game match against Eric to not have to talk. Mm. And the waitress comes over and like tries to take his art. He orders like, a, bl- a black coffee. 
and Matt, and he orders for Matt, like, uh, basically, whatever, whatever cigarettes you guys have, filter, unfilter, whatever, he, 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 yeah. you know, he, he doesn't care, and... Then they just start talking. The waitress doesn't go anywhere. I noticed that too. But then the coffee just appears. <laughs> well, at some point she does walk away, but it's really long into it. So is she just like standing there? Because that was—it's clearly not a real order. Like, yeah. How you walk away thinking that's what you're supposed to have, and then it was just—it it was just generally also weird because his punishment. He Eric was like, "What if cigarette?" Pack cigarettes cost twenty bucks, which I don't smoke cigarettes, never have. That seems like a lot of money. That's not how much one pack yeah, costs. Yeah, that's what he said. That's like what he said, and and then he's like, "Well, I pay your allowance, so how much should I pay for the cigarettes? Is it twenty bucks? All right, give me twenty bucks. Like, yeah. is the punishment a one hundred percent tax on any cigarettes he buys? And then Matt's just like, "That's all the money I have. I have a date. He's like, tough luck. Like, it was just a really weird talk, which I didn't want to let us pass over because yeah. it was strange. It is weird, and also." Um, where they go is weird, because this isn't the normal pool hall we see in later episodes. This is what appears to be a student union or something. I think the... It's There's the also same... a gay pride flag in the background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the, uh, they end up trying to... They're supposed to be the same thing, just they re... They pick a new set for the same place because eventually there's going to be a bar there. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely looks like a student union in this current thing. Or like... Uh, Looks like fuck uh, Chubby's from Boy Meets World, the place that they go to in high school. Yeah, it seems like a kid hangout <laughs> yeah. or something. Um, but yeah, that, so that's the that's yeah that plot moves along. Whatever, I don't don't smoke. That's bad. Hey, I don't know. Later, <laughs> these plot, these plots were good because later there's a yeah. weird scene. Like it's we see I we see where Simon gets it because Eric is also emotionally manipulative. Oh definitely. <laughs> the yeah the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, so anyways, back to, uh, Lucy and Mary, they're in their room, they share a room, uh, we, we should say Ruthie and Simon share a room, yeah, uh, Mary and Lucy own. share a room, and Matt has his own. Um, so they're in their room, and, you know, they're talking about how she's trying to instigate her period still, and Mary's like, let's go on a run around the block, that'll help you have your period. I feel like these are the same things people tell, like, pregnant ladies to, like, yeah, induce labor, induce labor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, her, all of her suggestions to Lucy have been, like, kind of strange. <laughs> Yeah, I think he just wants her to shut up. <laughs> like, basically some witch magic that'll make her think something's happening so she stops talking about it. I mean, can you imagine living with Lucy? Ugh. No. So, yeah, they, um... So, Lucy makes a big deal about um, how she needs to, like, take a tampon with her even though they're just, like, on in their neighborhood and, like, where else would they go where there was a bathroom? Yeah, yeah exactly. Tell me, tell me about this, because... Once she knows she's having a period, you don't put the tampon in then, right? Don't you put it in in the expectation of it? No. Like, if she started bleeding, would you just put it in? Like, is that the... <laughs> I'll just say, it starts slowly, and it's not, like, a big deal, and you, you wait till you start your period, and then you put it in. Okay. Because, like, you said there's no bathroom. She brings it around in her pocket as if, like, she's going to have a, like, quick response. Yeah, like, obviously the closest bathroom's going to be their house again. That's the part that's weird. <laughs> but she just wants to feel, like, adult, I think, and, like, have it. Um, this is also the first mention of their house being haunted by the woman that gifted the house to the church, which comes up later. Is it necessarily haunted, or just... Or, like, the spirit of the yeah. woman in the house. I don't even remember why they brought it up. it was just so. Simon talking about it. Like, Simon and Ruthie just talking. Oh, Mary and Lucy talked about it, too, for some reason. Something about the spirit of the lady in the house. I think that this is canon that is haunted, oh, in well, fact. Hopefully the, the woman had a <laughs> good period, so maybe she could pass, like, a juju onto Lucy. <laughs> And then there's a scene where um, Ruthie is like, I'm hungry again, and <laughs> Eric has to make the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, I wanted to, to take this moment to bring up the fashion report segment of our, our podcast. Okay. 
this is something we're going to do each episode. Um, we're willing to accept ideas for the name of the segment. Fashion Report's pretty <laughs> generic. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to bring this up because I think Ruthie really won the Fashion Report in this scene with the, with the peanut butter sandwich eating. Honestly, I think she won the Fashion Report, but not that this scene. I think she wins it in the opening like, credits because she's wearing like a giant polo. Like, <laughs> and I think it's awesome. She looks like she's like belongs in Home Improvement or something. Like, Al. I yeah, or just like prep chic, you know? No, but like, it's really big. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> it does, it, like, it, it doesn't look like it fits her at all, but she looks really badass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in this scene where she's just like waiting on the banister being like, make me a sandwich, she's wearing a, a child sports bra, no shirt, and a jean vest Wait, over top of it. Child sports bra? They make sports bras for children? It said what? jockey on it. Like, I'm not even sure it wasn't product placement. <laughs> what is a child sports she's bra? Wearing, she's wearing a bra with no shirt and a jean vest over it. Does it fit her? Is it her bra? Apparently. It looks like it. What the, why does Ruthie have a bra? <laughs> but I thought, I mean, this is a chic look for a Sunday afternoon <laughs> when you're trying to eat some peanut butter sandwiches. And for that reason, I think we both, we both uh, it seems like we're in agreement no matter which scene it is that Ruthie definitely oh, won yeah. the fashion report oh, for this yeah. episode. So I thought Mary's running outfit was pretty funny. Like, she's, yeah. she's wearing a normal, like, tank top, but then on top of that, she's wearing, like, a basketball jersey, but it's not the correct material for a basketball jersey. It's like cotton or something. Yeah, like, it looks really heavy and, like, matte, basically. Like And a giant scrunchie on her wrist, but not in her yeah. hair. Because who would want to tie up their hair when they're exercising? They had to make sure it's flowing for, like, the teen boys <laughs> well, watching the show. Well, because that, during the, um... During the run, they, they open up her, or move her plot along. It's not just about Lucy on that run, because Jeff shows up. So I want right. my hair flowing, too. And it's another Lucy just dropping it. Drop. She drops her tampon by accident and looks at both of them and runs away without yeah, saying so, anything. So Jeff is a boy that Mary has a crush on who's friends with Matt, who they just happen to run into while they're running. Um, I'll say Lucy's running clothes are also quite strange. Mary was like, hurry up and change your clothes so we can go running, and Lucy decides to wear jean shorts as her I, I get that. <laughs> exercise she's, not, she's not supposed to be the athletic. <laughs> I get, like... I think they made, a like, actually a point to do that to show she wasn't athletic, yeah. and Mary's like, hurry up, and she can't keep she up. She runs like a weirdo. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, as Greg was saying, Lucy sticks her hand in her pocket and then the aforementioned tampon falls out in front of the boy who makes a crazy face about it. He's, like, horrified. <laughs> and then Lucy cuts back to her. She's horrified and then runs out of the scene again. Um, and I think because we're on the scene, uh, I'm just going to say the name, but Morgan has to explain why this exists and why I'm allowed to talk about this. Oh, okay. But there is a... We, have, we want to do another segment called um, Mary's Gayest Moment. I you think, think this is it? <laughs> I, I think it is, because she asked him out by being like, hey, you want to help me with my jump shot? Or, like, yeah. my foul shot. Like, he just... She just uses sports for everything. Yeah, I have a similar <laughs> moment. So, this is a segment we're going to do at each episode, because um, Mary Camden, as portrayed by Jessica Biel, is so absurdly gay in the first season of <laughs> Seventh Heaven. Not so much in this episode, really. Um, but, you know, I'm gay, and then Greg's mom is gay. So, I feel like Greg has more... Um, cultural lesbian knowledge than most men on the eastern seaboard so i feel like he is <laughs> um qualified to do this segment um uh, and so i thought the gayest moment in this one for mary was actually earlier when she was talking to matt 
And she said, um, if I could just kiss a guy, I could forget about it and concentrate on my game. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one, too. <laughs> so it's all, she's all, she's definitely much more interested in basketball than men, but she's kind of putting on a show of being interested in men. Um, namely Jeff, who is the older man, who is Matt's yeah. friend. Um, Jeff is played by Ryan Biddle, who later goes on to star in one of the first season episodes of Buffy. I, saw, I think as yeah. a vampire. Um, he definitely has a vampire look. I can't really remember. It's also the same episode that Clea well, in, I learned. He looks like he would be one of those just, like, schmuck vampires who were just, like, around. Like, the ones who follow the, um... What was her name? The girl who... The really, like, I'm not... You know, yeah. there's a girl who just like, gets turned into a vampire, and then she just has, like, these two the, lackeys. The cheerleader one, yeah. yeah. Like, the Spike, blonde one. Spike turns into a vampire, uh -huh. and she's a vampire. Like, he seems like he'd be her lackey, or he'd be, like just one of the run-of-the-mill vampires that Buffy beats up real quick when she's just on her rounds. Like, he seems like he'd be a pretty basic vampire. He has a, <laughs> a one-episode vampire look about him. And there is a part later in the episode where a door gets slammed in his face, which really yeah. reminded me that he wasn't allowed in the house. <laughs> That's awesome. Because <laughs> he's a vampire. <laughs> Um, so that whole tampon thing happens, and Mary's, like, really chill and just picks it up and is like, whatever. And yeah. he, he, like, I think he was kind of turned on by how chill she was about it, and he's, like, following her back home. Um, and then it cuts to the, introdu uh, the introduction of Mrs. Bink, who is the um, church patron that Eric suggests that Matt uh, kind of run errands for as a job. Um, we later find out this is a whole setup to convince him smoking is bad for your health. She's acting like she has emphysema to freak Matt, Matt out while he's um, running errands with her. When he first shows up, she asks him for if he, if he has any cigarettes, and he doesn't, and she... She basically is like, your father told me you were cool. She's basically like, I thought you smoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mrs. Bink is going to be a recurring character. Um, I have a theory that Mrs. Bink might actually be the omniscient god of the series, and that's canon. She's only in nine episodes of She seems kind of wise, and she seems to know more than normal, especially in some of the later episodes of the yeah. season. Um, but she's just kind of there for comedic relief. She's like a goofy, sassy old lady, and she plays Matt like a fiddle, and he thinks that she is actually um, on oxygen, but she was just, you know, it was a ruse set up by her and Eric. And speaking of ruse, I actually want to, like, have a philosophical thing to get into with this whole plan by Eric. Seems pretty messed up that Eric got Matt fired to trick him into going to the church. Like, the whole thing is if Matt gets fired, he has to go to church yeah. for six months. But, like, he gets Matt fired... Because he set the whole thing up. He tells Mrs. Bink to fire him. So Matt... Eric's giving him shit the entire episode about, like, why can't you keep a job sort of thing. And he's like, I'm going to keep this one. But then Eric makes it so he can't keep it. Yeah, and it's rigged from the start. It's like, it's, he wants to give Matt this illusion of having free will. Like, in, in the... I wrote down earlier in the episode that, like, Eric has... He... Part of the weird talk they have at the pool hall, whatever, the student union, Chubbies, uh, <laughs> is, um... Like, Matt has to agree to go to church. Like, it seems like Eric doesn't make him go, but he does. He yeah. just tricks him and does it really, is really emotionally cruel to him to make him go to church and wants to make him feel like, I'm not making, or like, I don't, this isn't something you always have to do. You just lost this whatever fucking, uh, like, competition we were having who could outsmart the other. Like, it's yeah. weird. He also made a point of it earlier that day when they were in church when Matt showed up late to be like, welcome everyone, to like yeah. point out to the whole congregation that Matt was late, which is a little bit rude. 
Um, but speaking of Matt, Matt is, is kind of a snitch because he, oh, yeah. he talks to his parents about Mary's plans to um, smooch Jeff, the vampire. Well, because he does that the, uh, teen, very older brother and teen show thing where, like, you can't date my sister. Like, yeah. you, can't, like you can't date my friend. Like, he's really I'm, possessive about it. I'm really it. protective over her. And it's like, if he's such a, if Jeff is such an asshole that you think he's going to hurt her, why are you friends with Jeff? Is Jeff not cool? Like, isn't that... The... I think it could be any guy. He's just being weird. And um, he's basically like, you need to have a sex talk with Mary. I mean, he doesn't say it in so many words, but he's like, remember that talk you had with me? You need to have it with Mary. Yeah. And fast, because she's on the, <laughs> the highway to kissing Jeff. Um, and then um, there's kind of like a little interaction between Matt and Jeff where they're, you know... Having a they're having a little skirmish because Matt's mad at Jeff for going after Mary. And Jeff doesn't really get why. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff is this. It seems like very nice and oblivious about yeah. everything. He seems like a nice guy. Um, and then we see um, Lucy run out of the scene a fourth or fifth time. <laughs> so basically, oh yeah, because she saw Jeff at the house. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow, so Mary and Lucy are ostensibly on a run, and Jeff is ostensibly walking at a normal pace. We already did this part. I, well, this is when they're getting back to the house. Um, uh, Jeff somehow beats them to the house. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Um, Mary and Lucy show up, and Lucy sees that Jeff is there and runs out of the scene again and runs into yeah. the house. Um, and then Mary starts talking to Jeff. Um, and, you know, it's whatever. I get that he beat them back because they're on, like, a run. They're not trying to, like, they're not running back to the house because Jeff may be there. Like, they they yeah. just went and did Yeah, they might have been doing something And you did want to go see Matt because he got a new job. Apparently that he was going to come by and be like, congratulations or something like that. And um, we get an update from Mrs. Bink being like, haha, our plan that worked. That was hilarious. Yeah, um, we see Eric at home on Sunday afternoon reading Robert Frost, showing that he's just as boring as he seems to be. Apparently oxygen tanks are very expensive. That's what I got oh, from, yeah. the, from the... Or, or the oxygen itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, there's there's a lot of another theme in this episode is communication issues between Annie and Eric, that they aren't really on the same page about a couple different things. Uh, one of which is basically Matt's driving ability to go pick up her parents at the airport and if he can handle highways and so on. So they get in an argument about that. And well, the the argument is because. Eric just told him that he could do it, and he's like, "Why would you think that I'm okay with this? Why don't you talk to me about anything?" Right. He's just he just in terms of a parenting, he does whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, yeah, and then um, somewhere in there, um, the mom goes to the pound with all the free time she has, baking cakes yeah. and biscuits, and waiting for the parents to come. She just goes and runs to the pound. Um, sees a dog that is going to be put well, down. So we don't actually see this. This is all off. Yeah, screen. she just talks about this. We find out about that this happened at the end. Yeah. Well, we're almost to the end, and it's kind of all blended together. So, basically, a dog wanders into the yard, which is yeah. the dog that Annie got from the pound. Happy the dog. It was, Happy was going to be put down in 24 hours. Yeah. And she was like, I was just looking, and they were like, Simon, we aren't for sure getting him. We just brought him here, <laughs> which is a little bit mean. Simon thinks it's divine intervention. Um, Annie was perhaps moved by the Holy Spirit. Unclear. Well, again, that's when Simon is just like... I knew God would do this, and Eric and they are like, no, Mom did this. And it's like, no, but God, she wouldn't have done it if God didn't want her to. Like, does yeah. God mind control people in their theology? I don't know. <laughs> I think she was moved by the Holy Spirit to adopt that dog. I'm just going to put that out there. It's my Catholic spin. Um, and then we see that the uh, the grandparents have arrived, um, Annie's parents, um, and they have some terrible news to share. Also very strange news for a pilot of an episode, which is that... Um, Annie's mom has terminal cancer, and she's not seeking further treatment, and will basically die sometime in the next few weeks. 
Um, Annie's very upset by this. It's a, it's a really traumatic scene. And then we cut immediately to playing with the dog. And it's very abrupt and strange. <laughs> like happily playing with a dog. Um, and the kids have no idea that this conversation is going on inside. Um, you can see it through the window in the dining room between the parents and the grandparents. The kids are just like, whatever, there's a dog. Voila. And it's just like this weird thing where they're cutting back and forth between playing with this dog and this cancer diagnosis story. Well, and the dog thing, it's kind of, that scene is also kind of weird because this entire time they've been calling Happy a boy. Happy is, is a girl, and Matt apparently knew this entire time, and he's like, I think she's so happy because she's pregnant. But at no point, when he said that, Simon Henry also apparently found out that she's a girl. It's never talked about when this happens. Like, was he just kept looking for a penis and couldn't find one of this dog? It was just like, I guess it's, it's not there. Yeah, they never <laughs> explain why that. Well, I guess he maybe knew she looked a little chubbier. So she had. But chubbies. he like just says it. Like when he sits down, he clearly had been spending some time with this dog and like noticed it. So like, he's known this entire time. It seems like, and just didn't say anything. And then by the time he does, everyone's already on the same page that Happy's actually a girl. And yeah. it's never mentioned the, anything about the fact they made this switch. Like, it's not brought up. It's just now she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think it goes briefly back to the dining room again, and then everyone just, like, frolics on the lawn, and that's yeah. the end of the episode. Yeah. Even the parents that are having this uh, terrible discussion are just like, look at those crazy kids well, and the dog. The, the grandma was like, I don't want to undergo such hard treatment. It's probably not going to work, and it's going to make my life miserable. So she's just like, I want to spend like the time I have left. I, it wasn't clear to me that she was dying like in the next couple of weeks. How do you know you're dying soon when you're also kind of just like be otherwise fine? Right. So, but yeah, so she wanted to spend time with them. So that's kind of like what the setup at the end of is just like, oh, look at our family having fun. This is what I want. This is what I want to have in my last days. Yeah, it was. A, it's very strange that they introduced something so heavy about a character we knew nothing about in the first episode of the show, in my opinion. The one thing we do know is that the kids like Annie's parents way more than Eric's parents, and we've seen... We, we, we've, we'll find out why. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very clear why when you eventually get to the episode where Eric's parents are there, so that's the one thing we know about them. I don't know if that's to make it more sad, like, she's the, the grandma everyone loves, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that's the first episode. Um, I would like to wrap it up by talking about a quote from your mom's wife, Terry, and something she said about this episode. Uh, she sent Greg. A, Terry. Yeah, Mama Terry. She sent Greg a message that said, "Incest, menstruation, cigarettes, leukemia, an unmarried pregnant dog, and camel toe." All in the first episode of Seventh Heaven. I'm shocked. I tried to find the camel toe. I have no idea where it is. No, yeah. At some point, I realized I don't want to spend this entire time staring at women's crotches, so I just gave up on finding it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, if I had to guess, I would say Annie. Um, Annie, Annie was also rocking some looks this episode. Yeah, she uh, she had her plumber outfit was very uh, uh, what's her Rose of the Riveter sort of thing. Yeah, she was she was wearing um mom jeans, but well fitting mom jeans, a flannel yeah, shirt. No, it wasn't flannel, it was a gingham. Oh, gingham, a, a, an open gingham shirt with like the a, sleeves like a, rolled up. It was like a picnic blanket, basically. <laughs> And skater shoes. <laughs> this is a cooler look than Annie usually has. She has to change her shoes when she's just inside. Like, she's... Why? Like, I don't know. <laughs> this is to show how, like, what a hands-on, stay-at-home she's mom cool. she is. Yeah. She's more in touch with than Eric, but we'll find out later. Not really. She has no. her own issues. But she does just seem more capable in life than Eric. She does. She handles so many things while Eric just runs around having weird conversations with people that he thinks he's entitled to. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit much. Um, so uh, we thought of a segment which is, because there's always like five or six plots in every episode of Seventh Heaven, what if we, uh, you know, went to an alternate universe where all the plots existed in one single plot? Well, like, yeah, all the characters, instead of all doing their own stuff, were just involved in one plot, like how most shows are. So do you have any ideas? For I do. I the five that five or six. Plots um, in the I was gonna make in my version of this. I make Lucy's plot the main plot. Hmm. And so Jeff is still around, and this is weird. And when he comes by to like see Matt or see Mary, like we're not gonna make a big deal about that. Like he's just there. People like him. That's fine. And she like loses her mind and does the same running away thing. And it's kind of just like people trying to talk to her about like you gotta stop being weird about this. And that's just the episode of just Lucy being ridiculous <laughs> over and over again. And that would force them to acknowledge that she keeps running away and being weird. They kind of, otherwise, they're just like, Lucy. Like, yeah. I, I, think, I think that's what I would, uh, how I would remix it. Just have, have everyone worried about this. Because, like, she's going through this hard time and her grandma's dying. She hasn't found out about it yet. But her, but this is going to be just a heavy episode for some of them. Yeah. I do want to be fair to Lucy, because there, there is also a scene where Mary runs out of the scene in this episode. <laughs> which was that? Which is when the dad is trying to give her a, kind of a sex talk, and she also just runs out of the scene without <laughs> another word. I think this is just a device they were using for this episode. <laughs> so we wanted to give you a little preview of uh, episode two. I'm going to read the synopsis off of IMDb instead of Hulu, which is... Is it longer? It's quite long, yeah. Okay. Um, this is going to be a mad episode. <laughs> You'll find that there will be, like, a main plot with um, some of the kids. Well, who do you think the main plot of this one was then? Well, this, I think, was uh, introducing everyone. So it seemed like everyone had kind of equal time. They kind of have that anyway in, that, in most episodes, and that's kind of why it's so weird. Yeah. all the plots, like, Simon doing dumb stuff, like, not wanting to get a shot or something, is given just as much time <laughs> as, like, Grandma's dying. Like, something <laughs> like that. Like, that's kind of why it's so weird. So it, it, it acts as if everything is valid. Right. <laughs> the cutting between the plots, and some of the plots are always much more serious than others. Yeah. That's what makes it so strange as a format. There's always, like, a really, like, serious social issue, and then cut right next to, like, Simon buying ferrets at the mall or something. <laughs> yeah. It's really, there's no awareness that these things are cut together the way they are, such that it's kind of a shocking <laughs> and abrupt experience for the viewer. Um, so this is the, the summary for what you can look forward to in episode two, which will be airing two weeks from now. Um, Matt shocks his family when he reveals his secret, that he is very close friends with a teenage pregnant girl, Renee. She kind of sounds like a skank, I mean. Whoa! <laughs> what the hell, man? I feel like they picked that name because they're like, Renee. Uh, right away, Matt tells them that he is not the father of her baby. It's good to know. <laughs> but just trying to help her out. Meanwhile, Mary is keeping her new boyfriend a secret from Matt. Lucy gets a surprise with her secret crush on classmate Jimmy Moon. The Jimmy Moon. <laughs> Very famous 7th Heaven character, Jimmy Moon. Also, Eric gets a surprise of his own when he discovers his shoes keep on disappearing. Because <laughs> this matters to anything. <laughs> While Matt's friend Renee finds some help from an unusual ally, Eric. <laughs> the shoes in her are the same. <laughs> Annie finally reveals the shocking truth to Matt about his grandmother. Oh, uh, there is a shocking truth to Matt about the shoes. Just to tell someone why she's been yeah. taking all these shoes. <laughs> shoes are going to be a major plot in the second episode. <laughs> shoes and Renee. Um, so that's about it for this um, episode. I, I actually guess. had an idea. Considering that was like a really good recap, 
maybe, and we had some comments about it, maybe we could read the recap to the first episode and see how they thought it should oh, be described. Man. The like, recap to the first episode is something. <laughs> it's like, what do they think is important in this? I, now that we everyone's heard what happens in this episode, yeah. I think that's a fun thing to do, too. Yeah, let's <laughs> read it. Let's do it, since we won't have the opportunity to, because we don't have a show before this one. Um... I kind of wonder if some random person on IMDb wrote this instead of, like, the actual production. It's, like Wikipedia? <laughs> it's, it's so strange that I kind of thought it was. Let me, let's find it here. I didn't know IMDb was open source. I thought it was a very uh, definitive and official <laughs> site. <laughs> I mean, well, the comments are always fun, the review comments. Um, some I think there was only one for the first episode, which is like, this is a great show with wholesome plots and kids and you know. <laughs> I like kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is the summary for the episode we, that we just um, gave you the walkthrough of. The premiere episode introduces Eric Camden, who's a minister, a father of five, happily married, and a soon-to-be dog owner. They just really give away right there yeah, what's right. going to happen. Um, his wife Annie Camden is a stay-at-home mom raising their children. Matt Camden is the oldest child who has picked up a habit of smoking and not being able to keep a job. <laughs> Makes him sound like he's a deadbeat dad. <laughs> he's only 60. Um, Mary Camden is the oldest daughter who likes to play basketball a lot and is having a craving. <laughs> so they get it too. <laughs> and is having a craving for wanting to kiss a boy. Lucy Camden is the middle child and is hoping to become a woman and getting her period very soon. Simon Camden is the youngest son. And is hoping to get a dog very soon. <laughs> he's gonna get it. They already told him he's gonna get it. Even though his parents already told him that he's too young. Ruthie Camden is the youngest child and is a happy and adorable five year old. Those she are her is. only traits. No, but that's true though. Um the people that had the most successful careers after Seventh Heaven, definitely Jessica Biel and to a certain extent Stephen Collins. But we're gonna see that there's a lot of guest stars um before they were famous that yeah. start popping in here. Um not just people that are like extras on. Like... Well, to be fair, like the I was looking, I was looking up uh, all the people who are listed as guest stars in the beginning, and I wanted to see if like that was something interesting. And I kind of just started writing stuff down to write something down. There wasn't anything particularly interesting, but a lot, like, a lot of the older guys, like the the grandpa who's on TNG, uh, they they're actually like kind of a big deal. We're just not old enough to remember seeing them and things like the grandma was apparently like him a pretty steady recurring character on dallas mm, like mm -hmm. she's been in some stuff and she's so old <laughs> and jeff was in soap operas too not just buffy um so he's he, he a water he, he was uh gonna go to school for water polo or something uh, he got hurt or something like that i don't know he uh, stopped or no or i guess acting was too he was too good at acting so he had to do acting instead of water polo and now he just coaches before we wrap it up, I want to mention our ways to contact us. Um, we are on uh, Gmail. We are on Gmail. Um, on the Gmail. Happy hour 7th, uh, 7 the number, 7th at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a Twitter, happy hour 7th, spelled the same way. Feel free to write in and maybe we'll read your thoughts on the show. I mean, if you're the kind of person that watches 7th Heaven just to watch it, and writes a letter about it, <laughs> that's dedication right there. And I, well... How do podcasts work where it's like if I, if way in the future we're maybe 30 episodes in and someone is listening to this the first time and they write a letter, do we talk about this episode in three months from now? Like, how does that work? I mean, I think uh, if you just have a question about Seventh Heaven generally or yeah. you want to hear our thoughts about um, living in Washington, D.C. during a global <laughs> pandemic. That's or... what this podcast is about. <laughs> I mean, kind of. We wouldn't be doing this if we had uh, things to do. <laughs> but I'm you don't really. <laughs> 
Um, so that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you in two weeks.